Welcome to this new episode of Reimagine, the podcast program by the GSR Foundation about innovation on publishing and reading. Welcome everyone. This is again Reimagine today with uh, Michel Bush, who is going to be presented by a very good friend of uh, our foundation, a great publisher which is with uh, Jordi Nadal. Jordi, please, the floor is yours. Good morning everybody. It's a great pleasure to open this. Thank you Luis, thank you you all. I'm introducing here a very dear friend, a person who does a lot of good things for the book world, Michael Busch. Michael Busch was born in 1964 in Düsseldorf in Germany and is CEO and managing partner of Talia Bücher GmbH, the biggest bookshop chain in Europe, in continental Europe as far as I know. After completing his degree in economics, At the University of Cologne he began his professional career at Knight Wendling Consulting and then he worked in the field of mergers and acquisitions. He joined the Douglas Holding in 1993 already in the book world as a controller in the Douglas Group. In 1995 he was appointed to the management board of the Douglas Group book division uh, before becoming the division CEO in 1998. From January 2003, he represented the book division within the executive board of the Douglas Group. From September 2012 to March 2015, he was executive board of the Douglas Holding. And after Talia's separation from Douglas Holding, Michel Bush remains CEO of Talia Bücher. And in 2016, after acquiring Talia together with three partners, he has additionally become the managing partner. This is the curriculum vitae. But what I want to point out is I read a year and a half ago a wonderful long interview in the magazine, in the German magazine Book Report with him. I was enthusiastic about this. I asked for a translation. And I shared this with my friends in the publishing world in Spain. And then he got invited to come to talk in Spain and we met personally. When Michael Bush, when Michel Bush joined Talia, he was not that time, not under this name. He was entering a company with 40 bookshops and making 70 million euros net sales. Now they have 350 bookshops, the Talia Group, and make 1.3 billion euros. He is an advocate, a champion, a champion for the book world, and he compiled this book in the Mark Welt Bleibach World Be Awake, which is a wonderful a wonderful image campaign supporting book reading there are a wonderful common thing in three people i admire for what they do on behalf of using their clever heads bezos in amazon is a number a number man a man of numbers james down as well and michel bush i admire those people who using their heads and their capability of analyzing the book world are working in this case very strongly michel bush on behalf of talia and on behalf of the book world it's a pleasure to introduce you michel bush and it's a pleasure to be introducing you and saying goodbye all the best bye Yeah, thank you very much indeed, uh, Jordi, for this very nice uh, introduction and, and personal introduction uh, you, um, you gave to the audience. Um, you asked me to tell something about um, our perspective of the future of the brick and mortar bookshops after coronavirus, uh, the crisis uh, uh, because of that, and how things will be changed, which is always um, 
a view into the into the crystal um, box. Um, and maybe in, in one or two or three years time, a lot of people are laughing about this video saying he was the one who, uh, who totally underestimated the change or who was too panic about it. So it's always out of um, this, uh, this is time and this, uh, this day, how, what we think, what is going to happen. To give you a short overview of what is Talia and what was our strategic development to, um, to, uh, to have a framework out of which we are operating now toward an, towards an, what we think a positive, a positive uh, future for the, for the book industry. Um, I give you a short overview about Talia over the last 10, 20 years. Um, due to what you see on the left-hand side, uh, the market, then stationary, online, and, uh, and digital. And we actually were passing uh, four periods from 2001 to 2009. Um, we had the strongest sales growth um, in all competitors in the DAC area. We, we grew tremendously. Then in 2009 and up to 11, we saw what we were, what we are calling the second chance. The second chance is digital came up. And we saw it as an opportunity to regain the customers we lost in the first uh, decade of the century um, to the um, to the global internet players. Then, from 11 to 12, to 14, we went into a restructuring period um, due to the fact that we underestimated the movement from the stationary business to the to the online business. Um, and then, from 2015 to, uh, to 19. We, uh, we were improving our operational excellence and uh, we brought a lot of innovative things to the company and went again into a very nice uh, growth period. And then out of the sudden at the beginning of this year, the coronavirus, I come later to it, uh, came in. So um, I know don't go now to every piece of this uh, this, um, this this sheet, it, ch it, ch it it's, uh, just should give you an overview of what happened in this last 20 years. So on the stationary side, we grew, we went to Switzerland, we went to Austria, we acquired a lot of stationary booksellers in Germany. Um, online, uh, we had an early entry in 2000, uh, in, one, in 1999, and it, it is funny, when we bought a subsidiary, which we um, first we started with 14%, and later we bought the whole company. At this time, in 1999, we had the same turnover in Germany, like Amazon, when they bought ABC Book Service. Um, so we were on, on ice level from turnover point of view. What they did different in the first decade was aggressive, aggressive investment in marketing and in uh, building up a customer base. What we underestimated or most of us uh, underestimated is necessary to take big losses in the beginning and um, hopefully via this establishing a stable customer base, which you can commercialize later. Digital, there was no focus. Then um, we had an in, we had a significant increase in customers online um, in nine and eleven. We compensated on the stationary side, which was okay. Further expansion um, and our increasing focus on uh, on e-commerce was uh, was was still 
being very profitable on the e-commerce side. And this was the biggest mistake we did in this, mis- in this decade. We didn't invest enough out of the gains we are, uh, yeah, the gains we had on the e-commerce side directly into marketing and increase the customer base stronger and faster than, than we actually did. And then we in Germany, we were the first mover on the digital side. We started with a Sony reader and then we created our own ecosystem, the OYO, which was the predecessor of, uh, of the Tolino ecosystem. And the reason for that was just that Sony wanted to have their own shop on the device and wanted to own the customers. And then we said, we will never cooperate with somebody who wants to have a right on the customer. And maybe some of you remember what happened in this first decade to Borders in the U.S. Uh, when then when they outsourced their e-commerce business to uh, to Amazon, what later Waterstones did with their digital business and both failed in these businesses because by the end they sold their customers and they lost their business. So we decided very early that we then we're going to do it on our own. Um, and as I said earlier, we always looked at it as a second chance, getting back the customers we we um, we lost in the first period of this uh, century. Then what we underestimated is was the um, the development in the stationary market, and we built it stores of of a size which was were uh, which was too big. So this new generation of stores never got profitable; they were too big, especially the one in the shopping centers. And as you know, if you once have a lease contract over 10 years or whatsoever, um, the landlords are not so flexible to react on your on your business. Um, so we were really suffering on this and we went um, preemptive into a restructuring course. And the management team at this time were thinking, we really don't have so much space to move or to decrease cost or to get to do other things. And we did it together at this time with McKinsey, who got, who helped us in the first period of the digital business as well. And within eight eight weeks in this project, and it's just a matter of way of thinking. From the point that we didn't see so much many things to do, we created a potential of 90 million euros, and two years later, we raised about 75 to 70 million out of this potential. And the major thing was getting out of the box. Look at your company from a different point of view and asking yourself, how would you do it if you approach this challenge via a greenfield approach? Not with the eyes from inside out, but from outside in. Um, and we uh, we optimized uh, the the um, the store structure, the the whole network. We had to close less stores than we actually thought. It was about 20 out of more than 200 stores, so less than 10%. Um, we put all our efforts on uh, on the e-commerce business, um, and we enforced our Tolino business in this period of time together with other booksellers. And here again, it was a main of a shift of mindset when um, I went to all my competitors on the stationary side and just told them, you're not fitting anymore in my pattern of competition, at least when it comes to digital. So 
It might be, and it still is, a competitive situation on the stationary side and on the normal e-commerce side with, um, with uh, physical goods. But on the digital size, side, we combined our investments, we combined our efforts together with a strategic partner who was at this time period of time Deutsche Telekom and created the Tolino ecosystem. And uh, you see some figures uh, due to that uh, later on. And then from 15, after finalizing the restructuring period, we started to invest in a new strategy. You will see it a little bit later. We started verticalization, creating own products, non-book products, buying them, sourcing them in Asia, getting other margins on this. And we really enforced our omni-channel business, which we have seen now in the Corona crisis was one of the of the of the of the best thing we, we had to cope with this uh, with its challenge, and we invested a lot of a lot of uh, um, um, our budget in the IT uh, and in, in, in our technology platform. Then in uh, e-commerce, we had the normal things like uh, like customizing uh, solutions, and we shut down all these different brands and transferred all the all the business on the e-commerce side to Talia, so that our business is now just beyond one, one tiny thing where we do some marketplace businesses. It is whatever channel it is, it is Talia. Um, and in digital, we have a mat- we had a massive growth um, and um, can now say from the first day on digital, so ebook, and now it will be more audiobook as well, was a profitable business. So, and now Corona came. And last year we had our 100th anniversary and Jordi, you and some friends from Spain joined when we were celebrated um, in November in Hamburg. And then the last year uh, finishing in September, 2019 was the best year we ever had from our turnover point of view, from our profit point of view, from the perspective we had. And then we were facing Corona. So um, in, um, we at the moment see um, a risk of massive insolvency in, in the second part of this year. We expect 15 to 25% percent losses of sales in 2020 overall. Um, and uh, we see that our e-commerce business was, was tremendously growing. On some days we had 500% um, um, plus, so additional uh, a turnover. So we could compensate a lot of our turnover, not the whole turnover. We lost in the uh, on the stationary side during the uh, 100% shutdown of our stores from mid of March to um, to the end of April. Um, and um, we we expect uh, a massive increase of vacancies and erosion expect uh, in in the center cities which will have a major impact on um, on rent. Most of the landlords are not seeing it currently, but when we will see um, what we expect, a lot of uh, insolvencies in the second part of this year, we will see this movement on the um, on the um, on the on the rent side as well. And we think the the, the relevance uh, of marketplaces and platforms will increase. So 
So um, just a short look at the at the figures. This happened in the first 10 years. So we grew um, from 200 uh, uh, million to about 740 million um, between in the first eight, nine years um, uh, before e-commerce really started to, uh, to, to get a major business for us. You see the stores there from 90 to 290 stores in this period of time. Then we had this flat period when e-commerce got more importance for us and we were we will start losing on the stationary side before we went into restructuring. Then you see that we had a very flat development on the e-commerce side because we cut off the this part of the e-commerce business, which were just subsidized by huge marketing spendings and and discounts and stuff like this. We made it much more profitable in this period of time. And we stabilized uh, in this period uh, the stationary business. And then we, we grew again um, on both sides, um, online and uh, stationary. And what you don't see in these figures is our uh, is only the, this is only the German and the Austrian business. We then have in addition the Swiss business with partners. And since last year, when we when the Meyer joined us, so you have to add to this 900 million a little bit more than 300 million, um, according to uh, uh, due to Switzerland and due to the business. To two businesses, uh, one local chain and the Meyersche, which were came to the Talia Group as well, and this brings us to the um, um, to the uh, to the number Jordi mentioned earlier about 1.3, 1.25 billion euros, which we will do in this uh, business year, which is going to finish in uh, by the end of September. There's one correction to. Uh, to what uh, what Jordi, Jordi said, we are at the moment uh, heading towards the 400 stores, but this is just due to the fact that Jordi and myself didn't have time to talk in the last couple of months. Um, so don't blame him for that. Um, then how, how do we look at the market? We look at the market as a, like, a, like a chessboard and look at a chessboard and look at it in two di dimensions. One is innovation. And one is customers. So growing base of customers and more innovation will, will make your EBTA increasing. So just imagine you are at 40 million and you think now I do innovative things. I increase my customer base. And when I, went, when I will move from the lower left side to the upper right side, my EBTA will increase. This used to happen in the last century when the development of an industry was, in comparison to what we are facing now, quite slow. Now things have changed because you are at 20. Although you, were, you, you thought you were innovative and you increased your customer base. But what happened at the same time, the chessboard was moving faster than you were or we were moving our companies. Or just to say, we were damn slow. And we were lucky on one side because we were still on the chessboard. The companies who didn't move, they were still in the lower lower left part and they were never ever, they were not on the chessboard at all. We were there, we were 20. 
This happened when we went into the restructuring period. So we we, we did we were we did more innovative things. We worked hard on our customer base, and say we went up to sixty. And now we wanna wanna go up to eighty or hundred or whatsoever. But we have always to take care that the chessboard is moving in the same direction. You anticipate the chessboard is moving and you are moving faster than the chessboard. Otherwise, if you miss the direction or you miss the speed of the chessboard, you will never ever be on the chessboard again. You are out of the market. And this can happen faster than most of us were able to uh, imagine. And I still have the impression that a lot of people in this industry, in our industry, in our beloved industry, are not fast enough and they don't have the right direction. And Corona just showed us that out of the blue, something can come up and might change direction and the necessity of speed. So we look at it in this, the second thing, we, we always say we look at it in a disruptive and innovative way, which means you come to a certain point where the development, your comp or the curve on which or the, the wave on which you are riding with your company will go into a flat into a flat um, um, movement. This is the blue one. And then it comes to a point where you have to go a step back, where you have to kill some of your businesses, where you have to change in a disruptive way your business, and which by the end of the way, in a short, in a short period of time, or in, the, in the short run, will cause losses, maybe on the turnover side, or maybe on, the, or on your um, EBTA or EBT side, or on either side. But the price you will get, you changing to another curve, which brings you on a next level or in another higher level. And so you have at a certain point of view from, from, from our perspective to sacrifice yourself and your business to be able, what I said earlier or sh showed you earlier, to, 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 to stay on the chessboard. Um, and um, we look at our business then in a very easy way. We have three pillars of our business. It's stationary, it's online, and it's digital. And the stationary business, it's quite stable. And we used to have 17% market share a couple of years ago in 2014. Then there was, and now we are at 19.5%. So there we grew with the market or the market didn't really grow. We outperformed the market. Buying, buying stores, opening new stores, and improving our business, our productivity. So online, we used to be at 9% market share, and then digital came. And this is when I mentioned earlier, digital was regarded by ourselves as a second chance. You see, normally, if we had, had done everything right in the first decade of the century, the, 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 the online pillar should have been the same the same dimension of the stationary pillar, but we didn't. We lost half of our customer base when they transferred to the internet. So we did a very bad job on this. Now digital came and we said, if we will be able to convince our stationary customers, if they go digital, they're not go, go following the same path they did in the first decade, 
going to the online platforms, but voting for another path, staying in the ecosystem of Talia, then we can be a winner of this new change, digital. So we started with 16%, and then the Torino came, and now we are at 24% when we look only on the ebook market. So we outperformed our performance in the stationary market by having now a higher market share on the digital side than on our stationary side. And from there, our strategy was in the last couple of years, what we are saying, rollback, bringing back the company, the, the customers, which we lost in the first period of time when, when there was a transformation from stationary to physical online and make a rollback, convincing these customers who voted in the second period on the field of digital for Talia, bring them back on the physical pillar as well. And at the same time saying market penetration, doing more via omni-channel to convince customers on the e-commerce side to come back to us as well. And we are now at a market share of 12% and we have a double, still a double digit growth rate and our major target is this, increase the physical online and to bring them on the same level that, that like the two outer pillars. And this is our biggest potential because they are customers in our stores. They are customers on the digital side. And if we do a, good, a proper job for them, enforcing omni-channel, they will be our customers on the, on the medium or on the, on the pillar in the, middle, in the middle as well. And just give you the 2019 figures, what happened, and you see the losses and the, 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 uh, um, the C on the stationary side and later on the e-commerce side. So there were more or less, we, 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 we lost some customers, we, we, we got some more by our extensification of our customers. Okay. And you see from all our competitors, 30 million, we gained new customers. So in 2019, our strategy, or at least the result of what we intend to be a good strategy on the market side, showed that we regained in our stores customers from our stationary competitors and from online competitors. And when you look at the, at the online side, um, we, we see the same. And the funny thing is down the losses, the biggest losses are from on our online side to our stores. So we are forcing people who used to be on online to go back to our stores and this works. And we are building very, very tiny and a lot of features in our online things to always try to direct our customers to our stores because the stores are in their area. And now after Corona, and we made a big campaign during Corona, telling our customers shop at home, shop in your area. Because if you love to go to your stores, you have now to take care of these stores and buy at this company's online as well. Because if you don't take care of your stores, of the companies who are in your area, there will be no reopening of the stores. And then it's up to you. You made a, made a decision that you don't want to have your stores. And via Corona, we established a platform for all retail industries in Germany. We financed it by Talia, was about 150,000 euros, euros. And now 15,000 retailers in Germany 
joined this platform. And the only thing of this platform is, and it, the, name, the name is Shop at Home, Shop in Your Area. And the only, the only, and show it later to you. The only, the only reason is to enforce people to go there and look this branch or this industry in my area, where is a store in my area who has an online business? And then I joined his online business. And every day we have between 150,000 and 200,000 people going on this platform without any advertisement and looking for local stores. And it was all financed by Talia. Um, and there are big chains and there are local, local, local uh, stores. Um, and then we come to our strategy very, very fast. You see it like a building. Um, and our idea is due to our strategy that we see um, a movement that fewer and fewer people take their time to deal with valuable content and to let their own stories emerge in their heads. This is the original sense of a book. The story is created first of all by the author, but it is finished by every single reader in his own way. A movie can't do this because there's a story for everybody is the same. And this makes the book so much more valuable than all other media products. It creates something in the brain of the customer. So we have such a gorgeous product. And then why, why are we doing this business? We at Talia, we believe that intellectual nourishment makes people and society a little bit better. How do we with personal shaping and simple? And what do we provide inspiring stories and an atmosphere that tempts you and dives in? And our vision is a world in which content matters. And then we have some certain performance principles, which we now try to establish in all our operational businesses. And we have some key behaviors we defined, um, like we are, we are customers, try learn and share, uh, and, and share, how does this work simple? We are better together and we courage and we posture, with, with courage and posture. And it's based on two pillars. We, ex we expect from all our employees, responsi taking responsibility and accountability. So, and the philosophy of, of Talia towards a customer is, and I just read it, and it is more than, um, than just when we listen to it. The, and I, I normally do it in a way, if you want, just close your eyes and listen to me. The world is running and we follow blindly, posting, liking, sharing, feeling compressed into 280 characters, always online, always faster always superficial. We will fill our mind with high dosages of nonsense. We are slowing, getting tired. Let us not lose our head. Let us give it something to marvel at, to dream about, to puzzle, something to be amazed. Let's give it the best of everything. It's the best for all of us. World stay awake, Talia. And this went into our first campaign, and it was Donald Trump doesn't read. And we had used res positive responses from that. And um, what we are now building in parallel is an alliance. We call it World Keep Awake Alliance. And we are, we are looking for partners in the media industry. So on one, on one hand, we are placing 
topics, themes like migration, like peace in Europe, like sustainability, like solidarity. This was the last one throughout Corona. And on the same time, we now try to get partners for this campaign. First booksellers, then the German Reading Foundation, and then the, one of the biggest media groups. And we are talking now to other media groups like Springer, like Boda. And the, the idea of that is everything is done on a barter base, no money. So if people want to join us on topics like solidarity, like sustainability, we do something together. And everybody is doing it with all the potential he has. But there's no, no, no money between these partners. It's just the partners for the theme and for the idea and not for the money. So we implemented this, what we say, social layer to our whole message to the customer is not commercial. It's that we're standing up for, for themes where we believe it is worthwhile to fight for. Um, and Shop Daheim, this platform I mentioned earlier, was one thing which we established and all these partners supported us on the, uh, on the, on the, on the marketing site and they, everybody did it in vain, no money. And uh, then we said, okay, we have, we have find a triangle of values Talia is standing for when we go outside and looking for partners. And it's the three things is sustainability, it's democracy and security, and security has two dimensions, outside security and inside, um, and it's society, education, and migration in a positive way. And in the middle is just solidarity, and I think we have all learned throughout the corona crisis that solidarity is something which has decreased in the last centuries, in the last decades, and it's something we all have experienced how important solidarity is um, when we needed it in the Corona crisis. So our ambition is now not only a figure-based one, because when I was young, I was always saying, I want to have 1 billion German Deutschmark, I want to have 1 billion euros, and so on and so forth. Now our ambition is very easy. As I said, our vision, a world in which content matters, and we believe that intellectual nourishment makes people and society a little bit better. And our ambition is, in the next five years, cut non-readers by half and double our customers. And we have no doubt if we, if we reach or if we go for this target, we won't have a real problem of how many billion euros we're going to make as turnover, but not as a major, at a primary target, but just as the follow-up, what will happen if we double our customers and if we cut non-readers in the German-speaking areas by half, not only by ourselves, but enforcing initiatives like World Keep Awake. And therefore, the next step will be transforming Talia to a platform and offering this platform and opening this platform for other booksellers in the German-speaking area. And this is the idea when we just when we looked at digital, we were on our own. And you all know the stories from David and Goliath. Um, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of years ago. The good thing for David was there was only one Goliath. And when he killed Goliath, the party play was over. Our, our situation was different. There was one, 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 uh, one uh, David, it was Talia, from our perspective. And there were at least four Goliaths, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, and some more coming up. 
So this is why we are always starting to think when we get innovative, are there partners who could join us and doing part of the value chain we need for this new product, this innovative product can do it on behalf of us, but from the from day one on a higher level of what we ever will be able to do. So then we have a radar and we look at partners and we have these partners and then we try to combine their strengths and our strengths to optimize the value chain or the customer journey and finding, finding new things. And so by the end, uh, we finished up with this situation for Davids and for Goliaths. And this is a much more comfortable situation when you have partners with the same mindset, with the same strategy next to you. Um, and uh, going towards the same target and fighting together in these battles, which you will be able to fight together. So this is just a short view on what we did in the Corona crisis. We looked at all our strategy. We see the house I mentioned up on the top. We had to change a couple of things, and then we are now looking, and this is the core what we are doing, at the three pillars, B2B, stationary, and e-commerce, and see what, what do we have to do um, to change the, the balance between these channels to keep our, our profitability um, on the same level. And then we had a lot of learnings out of Corona. I mentioned just a couple of things. Uh, we, uh, we have to, to change our cost and get more flexible because in the stores, in the short run, apart from short working, there's no automatism um, to get in on a low cost basis, um, but you, you lose a lot of turnover to the other channels. Um, the crisis management, the way to do crisis management to establish it in a couple of hours and stuff like this. Shop Daheim, we did this platform I mentioned earlier. The first indication of our team to build this platform was it needs about a year, one year. And then I said, let's start with an MVP. We're only using modules we have already established at Talia. And then the, fun the funny thing is we started the discussion to build this platform on Friday, March 20th. And then they said it is going to take one year. The platform was established on Monday, March 30th. So it was about 10 days. So within a week, we not only re reduced the time of establishing the platform from one year to 10 days, we established it and we started. And within a month, we got about 15,000 other players on this platform. So where it always starts is you have to shift your mindset and you have to believe, even if you don't know how to do it, you have to believe it that the why is worthwhile to do it. And then you have just to assemble a couple of people. And there's a phrase in, in a very nice book. Um, and it is saying, if you want to cross an ocean, don't ask people to collect wood and to build a, uh, a ship. It is make them dream what, what they can reach on the other side of the ocean. Then they will run because of the why and not because of the what and how. So um, on some days we have 600,000 visitors. 
and we regard it as a quite successful thing. The other thing we are enforcing now is logistic and different things, click and collect, book dealer on site, so strengthening the bookseller in the stores and uh, shift from store because that is what Amazon doing is. They're making more distribution centers and what our stores can do, they do from the distribution centers. But we are in the heart of the cities and if we do the right things, we are in the heart of the people because we are in the neighborhood. We are the neighbors. We and our stores and our booksellers are the neighbors. Amazon will never be. So crisis management, there were the, the most important thing in crisis management was leadership. People want to see leadership. Um, and it's not a question if you have done a good or a bad decision. If you are able to, re, to, to make a recap and to change your mind in a fast way. But it is leadership, making decisions and taking the risk to do a wrong decision, which is better than do, doing no decision and waiting that the crisis is passing you. Um, and then we have, now we have a lot of learnings. How, what we do with, with meetings? What, um, what do we do with, um, what do we have to consolidate? What do we have to do with personal sales IT? How to, can we strengthen leadership on every level, level in the company? Um, and the effects of Corona, what we're now doing is just playing scenarios because we don't know what is going to happen. And you saw it on the on the economic side when all these um, think tanks were saying we can have a new or we can have an, a, a VCA shape whatsoever. And the most important thing is now saying whatever scenario is coming, what what have you have you, have you to change in your company in a very fundamental way to react on different scenarios? This is what we all didn't do playing different scenarios and asking ourselves is if, if our company is able to respond to dramatic um, and different scenarios. And this is a major learning. We have to bring now our company on the stationary side, on the e-commerce side, on the central cost side into the situation to react more flexible to different patterns of crisis. So thank you very much for listening to me. I was a little bit longer than I was expected. Thank 10 minutes and sorry for that. So, Jody, or whoever is now taking care it's of Luis. Uh, it's, it's Luis. Wow. Uh, I have to say, Michael, that uh, I was thinking, okay, this is a wonderful case study, but it's much more than that. I'm speaking as a director of a nonprofit, which is working during 40 years for the promotion of reading. And I think uh, that your um, ideas are really powerful. And I... I dare to say that in the chat, I'm seeing that uh, this is the same opinion uh, among the participants. So I, I will start now reading all the questions you've you've got. I will speak, skip some of them that you already explained related to the corona. Uh, the first one would be, who is the, how is the support of the German government to the book sector? What has improved? Um, there is nothing really special to the book sector. Um, there is something to the retail sector that uh, allowed us in a very, um, very easy way to bring people in what we call um, short time working um, and make it easier um, to do this. And so gives, gives us, um, it, gives, it gave us uh, relaxation on the, um, on the P&L, on the, 
on the store side. And the second thing was when there was a reopening after the shutdown, bookstores had no restrictions due to um, to the size of the store. Um, so we could open the stores, at least in Germany, although they were bigger than the, the, the limitation for the rest of the retail industry. Apart from this, um, there was no special um, thing for the book industry. Okay. Can you estimate if those buying books online are a different segment of customers or more or less the same people are buying from all kinds of sales channels? Yes, what we have, what we have seen in the Corona crisis is, um, apart from the tremendous growth we 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 uh, we had, is that we um, gained a lot of new customers, customers which in the past used to buy only offline, so in stores, and uh, we have all experiences uh, due to food um, or to other things um, where I experienced in my own, in my own family how they how they um, change the pattern of uh, of commerce but what we have seen at the same time and i think this is a major major argument for the stores in the future everybody realized how the waste and the dust and all this packaging in your house increased tremendously as well because all this packaging um, it is not sustainable. And when you look to fashion, what came into our houses and what had to be resent to the um, to the retailer, it's a tremendous waste of natural resources and it's not really sustainable. So this is one of the major arguments for stores, for local retail, going into the store, test your new shirt, um, look at the book, and taking the book with you or leave it there. This is much more sustainable. So um, we saw new customers. We saw a lot of uh, customers who used to be only stationary customers. But what we see now after reopening, that a lot of these customers, they still on, uh, ordering online, but then they pick it up in stores. Okay. To what degree online sales during lockdown compensated losses in physical sales? It depends. It was very, um, very different. We had days, as I said, where we have 500% plus, where we had 200% plus whatsoever. Um, and um, But if you have 20% online and 80% stationary, just as an example, you need 500% growth rate to compensate um, 100% shutdown, and we don't, didn't have this throughout the whole period of time. So um, there were losses on the overall perspective, um, uh, and uh, but we 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 fought. We fortunately had a big percentage of online losses in compared uh, comparison to our whole um, um, turnover, not losses, so to our uh, turnover. And uh, but there was no 100% uh, compensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be your suggestion for those who love the book world and want to keep having a bright future? Is the answer different if you are a retailer, distributor or publisher? The answer is always different uh, because you are riding different horses. Um, but um, um, our perspective is that um, that if you are, and I'm referring to, to the two charts I showed you, 
the chessboard and the two, two curves. If you're flexible in your mind and you're flexible to react and your team taking responsibility and accountability for these challenges, um, we have a bright future. And the reason for that is we have a core product, books, or content, which is not replaceable. What is changing is the way we are distributing it, the way we are handling it, the way we bringing it to our customers. But this product has such a simple core and such a powerful, um, um, powerful, uh, what should I say, impact on the customers. So it's only up to us to shape the things around the book in the way the customer um, looks at it, the customer is adoring the value of this product. And therefore I'm so convinced that if we handle it in the right thing, the book itself and the industry um, who is taking care of the book will not die, not because of Corona, not because of Amazon, not because of anything else, like it has, hasn't been in the last centuries. It's only up to us. Okay. Traditionally, Thalia has not been very strong in audiobooks, a sector that is not now growing very fast. How will you address this strategically? Um, I think that our, our customers will see a different Thalia due to this uh, thing in the second half of this year. And next time we talk, I can tell you then if it, has it worked or not. Why did Thalia, Haken Dubel, et uh, or not buy Tolino Technologies from Deutsche Telekom when it was up for sale? Instead, it was sold to Kobo, who don't seem to be entirely happy with just being a B2B technology vendor. Yeah. So uh, f first of all, um, if Kobo is happy or not, it's a question you should ask Michael Temlin or Kobo. And I think uh, what I've learned out of the cooperation with Kobo, they, they will be able to give a very sufficient and convincing answer to that. When we, when we look at it from our perspective to this, we had the, um, the possibility to buy it or to do it with a partner like Kobo. Um, and to, to do it with a partner has can have um, a huge advantage, like I described it. Um, um, it uh, it was for us in the in the founding period of, of Tolino, because it was a technology partner and a sourcing partner in Asia who had uh, strengths and uh, who had um, abilities we didn't have at this period of time. And because of this very overall good experience with telecom, we, we said it's better to stick to this strategic idea to do it with a partner who's focus, focusing on this business, who has um, um, established a very strong position in this business and finding out if he's the right partner in a three period of time. And uh, we prolonged this contract. Um, and we are convinced that it was the right decision. Um, and although it's sometimes not easy, um, and the ones of us who are married know that um, even this is not sometimes not easy, 
but it is better than being on your own. Um, and uh, um, and going three years or four years back when we made the decision for Kobo, and you're now asking me, me, Michael, would you do the same decision now like you did four years ago? It's 100% yes. Do you believe the search in online sales will be the, a turning point towards e-commerce or more uh, parentheses? So this is a little bit like looking in the, um, in the, in the mirror box, um, but um, or the wonder box. Um, I don't know. And this is due to the, what I've said earlier. Be flexible with your model. And if it goes in one direction or the other one, being able to answer on this because the customer is making the decision and we have to follow the customer. And hopefully being earlier at the destination of the customer and the customer is appearing there. Okay. What do you consider is the success of Tolino in the ebook sector, considering probably is the only national company in clear competition with Amazon? Um, I personally regard the book industry from the national or international point as very, very fragmented and very different. And we always said that um, we, the challenge for Talia in the German speaking area is really tough. And other, other countries are different. And you have other combinations of publishers and retailers. Uh, it doesn't matter if you look at to Norway or Spain or Portugal or Italy or Germany or Poland. Um, and when you look at us, we have less than 20% market share. And um, I always, uh, from my military point of view, always said, if your, if your enemy is as strong as you are stronger, try to focus and not to spread your, your, um, your potential too much, because if you spread it too much, your first line of defense is very thin. If you concentrate, you are not only be able to defend, but then you are only, you are, you are able to, to, uh, to get offensive as well. So uh, some solutions might be um, internationalized, But what we have learned is that we never brought really our services abroad and it costs a lot of efforts to establish it abroad. Um, so we regarded it always as better to concentrate these efforts um, on, on the field of activity where we are playing. So on our battleground. So your answer uh, really Uh, is compatible with the idea of a European strategy. I am working with the German uh, Federation of, uh, of uh, Publishers and uh, also with the Frankfurt Book Fair and other associations in Europe in a framework for collaboration in the idea of a new strategy in Europe uh, facing the three Goliaths. So your answer is really something that is related to a, a company st strategy. But uh, do you think that uh, this European response in a um, non-national uh, level, but European, is likely to be interesting? Um, I strongly believe that, first of all, you, you should, uh, you should uh, be able to, to fix your own business. And as I said, um, 
Then to internationalize this, it's, it's first difficult, but the other thing is it's very, very complex. And to manage this complexity goes against your own resources. So I, I strongly believe in, have a very close look of what is happening in other countries and learning fast out of it. And we, we, we established about 10 or 12 years ago, a, a group of retailers and from every country, there's one retailer, one book retailer. And what I have experienced in the last 10 to 12 years, there were different paths. And there was no, it's not that one is very successful and the rest was very unsuccessful. There were different parses and different strategies. And the most, the most winning thing is looking at the strategies and, and embodying these pieces of strategy other companies are doing into your own strategy what might be helpful and might be might be a good idea and this makes everybody much much faster okay we have in europe are we fast enough in europe and i think we are not fast enough um because we in some parts we are too centralized and in some parts we are not willing enough to give to give up responsibility on the other side competition and finding different ways. And you saw, we saw it in Corona, different strategies um, and different results. If we had tried to, to fight Corona with a European strategy, I think it would have been much worse. I agree with you, um, totally. Um, thank you very much. We are running out of time and uh, I'm sure that somebody is going to ask Michael Tambling this afternoon in the European time zone uh, about the question that was referred previously. Thank you very much, Michael. It's really, it's really inspiring and, and very useful for everyone to have your generosity explaining everything on your uh, Thalia strategy. Thank you very much. You're very much welcome. And all the best and, um, and stay healthy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.